Welcome, sons and daughters of God. What a delight it is for us to join you today on our online worship service. We are so glad that we can be together and hope that as we spend this time together, we may experience Christ's presence among us. Thank you for taking some time to be with us and allowing us to spend some time with you. Over the past few weeks, we have been talking about life in community, in Christ's community, and how that helps to shape, shape the, the roots of reconciliation. Uh, we started out by realizing that sometimes there's conflict in, within our community, and Jesus helps us to resolve that. He also certainly talks about the importance and the, the, the vital nature of forgiveness as we live together. Last week we heard about the generosity of God and how that generosity sparks us to be generous with one another. And today, Jesus teaches us that it's not just saying these nice words, but actually living them out day to day in the actions. It's not just talking the talk, it is walking the walk. So now we ask that you would take a few moments to prepare yourselves for worship, maybe light a candle to be reminded of God's presence among us and get ready for worship as we hear the prelude.
Our Lutheran tradition teaches that baptism is our entryway into our life and community. And so we gather here at the font to be remembered of our place in God's family as we confess our sins together. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God who creates, redeems, and sustains us and all of creation. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Faithful God, have mercy on us. We confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We turn from your loving embrace and go our own ways. We pass judgment on one another before examining ourselves. We place our own needs before those of our neighbors. We keep your gift of salvation to ourselves. Make us humble. Cast away our transgressions and turn us to, to, to life in you. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. God hears the cries of all who call out in need. And through his death and resurrection, Christ has made us his own. Hear the truth that God proclaims. Your sins are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, led by the Holy Spirit, live in freedom and newness to do God's work in the world. Amen.
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray together. God of love, giver of life, you know our frailties and failings. Give us your grace to overcome them. Keep us from those things that harm us and guide us in the way of salvation through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The first reading is from Philippians 2, 1 through 13. As part of a call for harmony rather than self-seeking, 
Paul uses a very early Christian hymn that extols the selflessness of Christ in his obedient death on the cross. Christ's selfless perspective is to be the essential perspective we share at the foundation for Christian accord. A reading from Philippians. If there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you not look to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even death on the cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Word of God, word of life. Thanks, Thanks be to God. The Gospel According to Matthew When Jesus returned to the temple and began teaching, the leading priests and elders came up to him. They demanded, By what authority are you doing all these things? Who gave you the right? I'll tell you by what authority I do these things. If you answer one question, Jesus replied, 
Did John's authority to baptize come from heaven? Or was it merely human? They talked it over among themselves. If we say it was from heaven, he will ask us, why didn't we believe John? But if we say it was merely human, we'll be mobbed because the people believed John was a prophet. So they finally replied, we don't know. And Jesus responded, then I won't tell you by what authority I do these things. But what do you think about this? A man with two sons told the older boy, Son, go out and work in the vineyard today. The son answered, No, I won't go. But later he changed his mind and went anyway. Then the father told the other son, You go. And he said, Yes, sir, I will. But he didn't go. Which of the two boys obeyed his father? They replied, the first. Then Jesus explained his meaning. I tell you the truth. Corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you do. For John the Baptist came and showed you the right way to live, but you didn't believe him, while tax collectors and prostitutes did. And even when you saw this happening, you refused to believe him and repent of your sins. This is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. In Jesus' name, amen. Because I'm the mama, that's why. It is so good to hear those words come from our daughter. With Samuel and Sarah living with us now, we get to hear a lot of things that we used to say to her and to her brother. It's her turn to assert her authority whenever Samuel challenges her. And that really doesn't happen any more than every couple of minutes. And Susan and I, just to make sure we don't get out of the habit, Susan and I have also been heard to say things like, because I'm the grandparent, that's why. Whenever someone wants to know who is in charge, their question really is, Who do you think you are? And clearly, that was what the religious leaders were asking Jesus in the temple that day. Just so we set the context for today's reading, Jesus has made his triumphal entry into the capital city of Jerusalem. And then the next day, he went in and uh, turned out all those who were, were making the the temple, into what he called a den of robbers instead of a house of prayer. Today, he's back. And with good reason, the religious leaders want to know, who told you you could do that? Who gave you the right? In other words, who do you think you are? 
And Jesus, in good rabbi form, answered their question with another question. I'll answer you, he says, if you give me the answer to this question. Who was John the Baptist? By what authority did he baptize? Now clearly, the religious leaders did not think much of John the Baptist, but they were in a quandary because they knew that regardless of what they said, could really determine what the outcome of this conversation would be. And so they were stumped. They didn't know. And Jesus said, well, I'm not going to answer your question either, but tell me, what do you think about this? And then he told the story of the two boys who were both asked by their father to go out and, and work in the vineyard. The first one said he didn't have any interest in going out and work, but he decided to do it anyway. And the second one seemed enthusiastic by what he said, but he didn't go. And then came that all-important question. Which one of those two boys did the will of their father? Which one of them did what the father wanted them to do? And it was clear that the boy who started out by saying no, but ended up going to work, did what the father wanted. Now, if that were all there was to this passage, then we could just say amen and call it a day. But Jesus continues on. Still talking to the religious folks, he said, whores and scalawags, are going to get into the kingdom of God before you do. They may not look like they appreciate what John had to say. They may not look like they really appreciate what God wants them to do by, by what they say and how they live. But when they hear what it means to live like God wants them to live, they pay attention. They do something about it. They change. But you, you shout amen and don't do a thing about it. Jesus was making it very plain. It's not just the right words that matter. It's what follows after that that makes the difference. He actually was using that old adage, actions really do speak louder than words. Now wouldn't it be wonderful if we read this passage of Scripture and thought, well, that's a nice tale about how Jesus related to the folks in his day. That way we wouldn't have to worry about answering his questions we wouldn't have to worry about him challenging us. We wouldn't have to admit that a lot of times we're the ones sitting in the amen corner. Or we hear the Bible teach us that we are to live together as brothers and sisters and, and we say amen. We know we're taught that we should love God by loving neighbor and Boy, we respond, Amen. We hear those great stories about 
the Good Samaritan, or how we're supposed to to pray for those who wrong us and, and turn the other cheek, how we're supposed to clothe the naked and feed the hungry, and we yet say, yay, amen! But amen is not the end of it. Amen is not like the girl, little girl who told her pastor one time that she liked that amen part of the service because that meant she got to go home. No, amen is more than that. Amen means, may it be so. And so Jesus is teaching us today that amen is just the beginning. Saying amen means that when we get home, we start living into all those things we said amen to. But we know, don't we, that there are lots of times that we don't do such a great job of it. Or at least people don't think we do. I had a friend who worked for IBM before he became a pastor. And one day he was sitting in his cubicle after having attended a a big Reformation rally the night before. So while he was working at his computer, he was humming a mighty fortress. A co-worker walked by and stopped and asked him what he was humming. And he told her the tune, and he also shared with her how meaningful it was for him to go to that service because he was a Lutheran. And her response was, Huh, I never knew you were a Christian. I don't think many of us would like that to be said about us. But could it? Jesus is challenging us. He's challenging us, the the religious folks of this day, to practice what we preach. To stop just being in the amen corner and shouting glory, hallelujah, but rather to live glory, hallelujah. And a good place to start in doing that is to pay attention to what St. Paul said in his letter to the Philippians today. He tells the Philippians that, that their behavior is more important than belief, or rather, that their behavior reveals their belief. And he says, if Christ's love means anything to you, if being part of his community matters to you, then let it show in how you live and how you treat one another. Listen again from the message. Paul says, do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own way. 
Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. And then he says, Think of yourself the way Jesus Christ thought of himself. And then he goes on to to reveal what Jesus thought of himself. He was the Son of God. Equal to God in every respect, and yet he humbled himself. He emptied himself, becoming a slave and dying for the sake of the world. And for that, God exalted Jesus above everything else. The one who sunk so low has been raised up above every name. The one who was raised up on the cross and descended into hell has now been placed above all of heaven and hell for all eternity. He is Lord of all. God turned every expectation and every judgment that the world gave to Jesus, he turned it upside down and demonstrated God's love for the world, not just in words, but in giving the world his own son. And as Lord of all, he calls us to do the same. Amen to that. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. We're not Jesus. How can we do what he did? Where, where in the world would we even begin? Well, the first place would be to let our actions match our words. To let our lives show what we confess. That Jesus is the one who we follow. In other words, the better people get to know us, the better they get to know Jesus. And can you think of anything more important in this day and time than helping people see Christ? We're living in such broken times. Times full of strife, Bitterness, anger, mistrust, dehumanizing other people for all kinds of sometimes even trivial things and concerns. We're exhausted from having to to give up a life that we thought we knew how to live, and we're unsure we're as unsure of what the future holds as people have been in generations. There are so many people in this world who are seeking a message of hope. A message of transformation. They don't want to just be invited to a church. They want something that is going to help fill their lives and change their lives and with it, change the world. And the truth is, we the church of Jesus Christ, we are uncertain about the future too. We've had to give up 
our way of doing church the way we've done it for generations. And, and we're exhausted at how to, to think about doing it in a new way. We're uncertain as to what that new way is going to look like in the future. Doing all this new stuff is hard work. And so is living out our faith. Living out what we say we believe. But maybe this time of challenge can also be a time of great opportunity. That learning this new way of living, this new way of doing church, will allow us to set aside all of the things that kept us from understanding and experiencing what God really wants for us. Paul is encouraging us to see that when we look to Christ, we see Him gathering us together as a community, helping to put aside our, our differences and our boundaries and our conflicts. He is empowering us to live these, in these new ways and look for more and more opportunities to put our own needs aside for the needs of others. To empty ourselves so that we might serve those around us, our friends and family, our co-workers and neighbors, and especially those the world calls outcasts. Even as Jesus asserts his authority and, and challenges us today, he wants us to remember that he is the one who emptied himself, who said yes, and then did what he said he was going to do, and he did it all for us. He does not challenge us without also inviting us to remember who we are. A child of God. One whom God loves and adores. One of all of the world that God loves and has given His Son for. Working in our lives here and now, He helps us not only our tongues to confess, but also our lives to confess why we live for Him. Because He is the Lord. That's why. So let all God's people say Amen. And may all God's people live Amen.
to the first of our virtual generosity moments. We are coming to you through the wonder of technology to take a few minutes and talk about our 2021 stewardship campaign. It's virtual living to vital giving. And as part of that, we want to virtually offer you some insights into the generosity that people have seen throughout these past months. And so I'm joined here this afternoon by a good friend, Ray Burkhart, who he and Betty have been a part of our congregation for three years now. And we certainly rejoice that you have come to be a part of our reconciliation family and, and so, so happy to have you here. So I thank you for taking a few minutes to, to come and share with us uh, some insights. Well, thank you, Bill. I appreciate that. And uh, we've enjoyed the con congregation and three years doesn't seem like enough when it's just gone by so quickly. Uh, when you asked me to be a part of this, uh, I, I was trying to figure out how I would do it. And I wrote a few things down and I, I thought I would try your, your method for, <laughs> for, you know, doing this sermon and I, you know, I, I folded it up into those eight sections, and it, I got so bumbled up, I can't, I can't really do it. <laughs> but I went back to my old method of doing it, and that's just to get it on a couple of sheets of paper, and when I get finished with one side, I can turn it over. Very good. So, well, I, it took me a long time to learn how to yeah, do that. Yeah, I'm not going to live long enough to do that. <laughs> but, but well, I'm I, just wondering if you could share with us some, some ideas about where you have seen uh, the ministry of the congregation uh, touching you in these uh, past months. It, it, they've been difficult for all of us. Yeah, but uh, I know you appreciate uh, what, what we've done here at the church and, yes, and also what's going on in the community. Okay. So could you share some insights? Sure, I'd be that? happy to do that. I've written down a few things, so if you don't mind, I can kind of follow a little along sure. here. Uh, these are, of course, trying times for all of us. And, you know, everybody here at the church and everybody basically around the world. So these, these are tough times, but uh, I'm grateful to you and the church and Plantation Village where we live for stepping up to this, this crisis that we're dealing with and doing everything they can to protect us, keep us safe, keep us healthy, and keep us happy whenever that can happen. But we greatly miss the closeness that we have when we come here into the church and are able to be with one another. But you know, and hope this isolation that we're going through ends sooner rather than Everybody later. Everybody does, yeah. In the meantime, we really appreciate what, what you people have been doing through this modern technology, being able to go on our computers and go through a service and, and hear, your, hear your sermon each week. So that, that's, been a, that's been a blessing to all of us. Um, I know that he, some of the folks here are even continuing to support community efforts and doing things, keeping keeping their social distancing and keeping their masks on. Uh, and and that, that's really heartening to, to see that that's going on. I think I should have got a better mask here to keep popping <laughs> down on me. So, so that's something that in spite of all that we're dealing with now, we still have our hearts in the right place and we're, we're supporting the community. One of the new things that you've done too that I think is particularly helpful for us is the new 8.30 service. I know that's a little early for some people, including my wife, Betty, but we, it, it's nice to be able to come and share a little bit. And, and the Lord has been good to us with weather. So we, yes. we've, been able, yes. we've been able to do that in the parking lot. So we're thankful for that. And we invite everybody else that, 
that uh, has an inclination to be able to do that. It's, it's a fun service, so please come join us on, uh, on Sunday at, at 8.30. Uh, along the lines of a plantation village, uh, they reacted very, very quickly to the, to the crisis. They were out in front of it. Uh, they have done everything they can to support the folks out there. Uh, we even have our own TV channel, and that's loaded every day from morning to night with things to do, communication. I'm just going to pull this down. <laughs> Communications. So we're thankful that they have been so proactive in, in being able to, to support all the folks out there. And luckily, by doing that, we've not had one COVID case of, of the 300 residents that we have out there. But we all pray for a quick end to this isolation. We want to get back together. We want to be in a position where we can be close and hug each other and, and interact on a, on a weekly basis. In the meantime, it's vital for the church and for the community that we continue to support financially and in our prayers for all the people, not just the people here at church, but all the community and the folks around the world really that are, that are suffering. So the, the need there is bigger than ever and we need to, to step up. And I know we're gonna do that because we always have. Every time we've had any kind of a crisis or a need in the, in the neighborhood here or you know, anywhere else, we've been stepping up to do that. And I know that everybody's gonna do that. And I just want to say that we're looking forward to getting back here and seeing all of you just as soon as we possibly can. And again, thank you for allowing me the opportunity this morning to, to, uh, to have a couple of words to say. And well, it's I front and back, not, not four <laughs> sections. But I'm going to work on this. I'm going I'm I'm, I'm to spend a little time uh, trying to figure that out. Well, I, I thank you for... Uh, for your willingness to come and share uh, in, in this uh, generosity moment. And certainly you have been very generous in, in your support of the congregation and the neighborhood. And, and so we are so grateful for what you have uh, been able to, to offer. And uh, in, in, in terms of what we hope to be doing in the future is uh, expanding those ministries that you mentioned uh, in ways that will continue to reach out to folks, not only here, but wherever, uh, the, the airways would take us. So. I'm looking forward to that and to the extent that I can help in any of those, I'm, I'm willing to do that. Great. So that'll be, that'll be fun to do. Great. And I told everybody else here is going to be joining in to do the same thing. I hope so. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Ray. Thank you. And thank you for joining us today. God's peace. Peace. The peace of Christ be with you always. Peace of Christ be with you. Peace be with you. Drawn together in the compassion of God, we pray for the church, the world, and all those in need responding to each petition with the words, hear our laments and receive our prayers. Throughout the globe is the church. Many assemblies are postponed by the virus, our songs quieted, 
are leaders searching for new ways forward. That you will continue to inspire all the baptized with the mind of Christ, we pray to you, faithful God. Hear our laments and receive our prayers. Around us is a needy world. Governments allow injustice. Violence threatens stability. People experience prejudice. Reforms are thwarted. Workers are unemployed. Medical facilities are strained. Children are abused. That you will save the people in all the nations of the world, we pray to you, compassionate God. Hear our laments and receive our prayers. In our nation's courts, we see justice delayed and justice denied. Yet we thank you for the life of Ruth Bader Ginsburg and for her passion for equality under the law. That you will uphold honest judges and insightful juries throughout our criminal justice system, and that you will assist our nation in its task of filling the Supreme Court, we pray to you, righteous God. Hear our laments and receive our prayers. Around us are the sick. There is starvation. The virus continues. Many pe persons reserve, receive no medical attention. Our neighbors and dear ones are ill, especially Susan Bayman, Jesse Brock, Larry Crawford, Sam Green, the family of Marion Hoffman, Richard Shine, Mary Lou Schofield, Steve Sherrill, Larray Spaulding, Roger Strong, Matt Surak, Ron Wagner, Marlene Weigner, and those held in our hearts and on our lips. That you will bless all ministries of care and relieve the suffering of those who are ill in body, mind, or spirit, we pray to you, merciful God, hear our laments and receive our prayers. Nearby are needs of which we are unaware. That you will send your holy angels to uphold all who face personal troubles, we pray to you, benevolent God. Hear our laments and receive our prayers. Inside many hearts, there is both joy and sorrow. We pray now for ourselves. That you will give us new hearts and a new spirit. We pray to you, loving God, hear our laments and receive our prayers. All these things and whatever else you see that we need, we entrust to your mercy through Christ our Savior and Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Again, we welcome you to worship and pray that as we go through the coming week, you may remember Jesus' words to let our actions match our words. We certainly want to give our prayers and sympathy to the family of Marion Hoffman, who died on Wednesday. Uh, services will be held for her later on in Connecticut, but we commend her to Christ's grace. Uh, as we um, remember her life. Also, uh, to let you know that Richard Shine has moved to Raleigh to, be, to live with his daughter as he undergoes chemotherapy. And we certainly want to remember and keep Richard in our prayers in the weeks ahead. We, uh, as you saw earlier, we are in the beginnings of our stewardship campaign for this year, Virtual Living to Vital Giving. We thank Ray Burkhardt for sharing his uh, generosity moment, and we invite you to begin considering how you might share in this vital giving uh, as we expand our ministry in the coming year. And we thank everyone for the generosity that you have already demonstrated uh, in support of our congregation. Now please hear this assurance of grace. God has always loved you. God loves you now, and God will love you forever. This is the good news that empowers us to live a new life, that enables us to live out the words we confess. It's also the words that allow us to be confident that God will continue to bless us and keep us, to let His face shine on us with grace and mercy, Remember that He will look upon us with favor and will give us peace. Amen. Go in peace, 
Live, amen. Thanks be to God.